welcome to the Readings Podcast. My name is Fiona Hardy and I'm one of the employees here at Readings. I work at the Carlton and the Doncaster store. And today I'm here with my Readings colleague, Deborah Crabtree, talking to Christian White, the author of The Nowhere Child, published by Affirm Press. Uh, hello, Deb. Hi, Fiona. And hi, Christian. Hello. Thank you for having me. <laughs> no problem, Pleasure. Christian. Can you tell us a little bit about your book? Yes. Um, so The Nowhere Child is a, it's a, a mystery thriller about a, a, a woman from Melbourne, a, t- a photography teacher who... She's approached by this um, this kind of weird American guy who claims that she is uh, actually Sammy Went, this little girl who was kidnapped from Kentucky way back in the 90s um, from this little tiny town in Kentucky. Um, and so Kim, the protagonist, she's, um, at, at, you know, at first she doesn't really buy it. This is nuts, you know. So she starts to, um, she sort of starts to look into her past and there's a few sort of strange holes and inconsistencies and photos of Sammy, the, the kidnapped victim, are very, very similar to hers as, as a child. So she um, she sort of sets off on this uh, investigation, really. Um, and then in alternate chapters, you get the story uh, of the kidnap back in the 90s in this small mm. little little tiny town in Manson, uh, in Kentucky called Manson. Um, it's full of uh, Pentecostal snake handlers. So that's mm. it's, that sort of world is explored as well. So then uh, ultimately these two kind of stories converge. Yeah. yeah. Look, I actually found it quite interesting the way that you went, the alternating chapters between the present and the past. Um, was it hard work for you to kind of maintain the tension? Because you did a really great job of, main, like, you know, you're always interested in what's happening but also interested in what's happening um, in the past or in the present. You're like, um, was that hard work? Like, how did you do uh, alternating it, chapters? It, it was, It was. Um, in a way, it was really hard um, because you had to keep the, the, the multiple strands mm-hmm. uh, going in your head and I didn't... I didn't want to sort of write each story separately and then mix them up. I wanted to write it chapter by chapter just so it, you know, maintained a flow and momentum. Um, But on the other hand, it was, I think, easier because writing 80,000 words, 100,000 words, you know, this is my first novel, I wasn't sure I could do it. You know, so I thought if I have, I kind of, it's almost cheating in a way. So if you've got these two great stories, you really only need two two separate stories, 40,000 words each, mm. and then bung them together. So in a technical <laughs> sense, it was, um, it was easier. But in a story sense, it, it, the planning was a lot harder. Um, but I think... It was, I think it was ultimately worth it. Um, Martin Hughes from Affirm Press describes it uh, as he said, it's like you're an orangutan, um, orangutan. Uh, I always want to say, tank. <laughs> yeah, we all uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they should just change that, right? Yeah. Um, and it's like an orangutan swinging from vine to vine, and every vine it grabs onto um, needs to be. You know, as compelling as the last okay. one. So I think, yeah, yeah. Did that answer your question? I have no idea. I think yeah. I read it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's yeah. And also, because you, you sort of talked about the planning of it. Do you plan a lot beforehand? Like, did, did you plan the whole, plan it out before you wrote the whole thing, or is it something that sort of changed along the way? I, I, I did a, a fairly detailed plan um, before I, I wrote the first chapter and then do a, did a really detailed plan about where I wanted things to go. But I was I was from the very beginning I knew it was going to be a very um, fluid process so I didn't I, I didn't stick to the plan uh, actually all that much <laughs> I, I sort of let the um, let the this sounds really sort of a bit wanky but I sort of let the characters lead the way and and mm. as you're writing you find these at least I do I find these things that I could never have thought of before but it's just because I'm in this character's head now and mm. I think oh that would be so much better um so for example uh, I, I won't spoil anything obviously mm. but there's um the 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 ending of the book um 
was very very different when I originally planned it but okay. just it, it was there was different people involved but through the process I realized oh that that you know that person wouldn't have done that this person might you know yeah, so it's sort yeah. of I, I planned but I did really just I really just let myself improvise and um yeah, which was easy because I didn't think anyone would write or would read it at that stage, you know. So I wasn't really. I'm working on the second book at the minute, and now I'm a bit more uh, self conscious about it. I've got a very strict plan, and I'm, you know, and I'm no, trying to go back to how I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But back then, I was, oh, plan, the no freedom. plan, doesn't matter, you know. Yeah, yeah. So you won the um, Victorian Premier's Literary Award for Unpublished Manuscript for this, correct? Yes, Last yes, year? yes. Which, congratulations. Thank yes. you very much. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty exciting. It's very coveted, this award. Yeah. You know? yeah. I, I, I we're was all pretty jealous. We're all super jealous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I got an email from them um, a, a couple of days before the shortlist was announced and for some reason I just, it was just a generic email that goes out to all the, or everyone who'd entered and I just read it as a rejection. I, I, and I've gone back since and read it and I was like, this was not a rejection letter, but my mind translated the words. So I was just so sure that I wouldn't, it was mm. done, you know, and then, um, and I was in London at the time. So, I, you know, I couldn't get calls or anything. So I, I was checking the website. I knew the shortlist was released and, um, yeah, I freaked out. When I was like, what the hell is my tiny little London hotel room just freaking out you know and and yeah so yeah it was fantastic yeah that yeah, that must have been pretty cool I have yeah. to say. Yeah. How did, so how did you come up with the idea for the story like where did it germinate it, it, from it, it was sort of a culmination of a few ideas um the i'm a big um a true crime uh person mm. i read a lot of true crime books and listen to a lot of podcasts and so the actual idea of um the what if uh sort of the original idea was what if you, you were a victim of something but you didn't know mm. you know so that that was something that was kind of floating around my head and then the the kidnap angle worked really well and and I I, I liked it as one liner you know mm. I could I could say it I could pitch it to my wife and and she's like yeah that's pretty good I can see it you know um but then what I did was I I also had a bunch of other so sort of how I work is I have a bunch of ideas and things that I'm interested in mm. and I try to pull them all together in a way that feels cohesive so with once I had that original idea I um I I knew somehow I wanted to you know, explore um, Pentecostal snake handling, mm. uh, which is bizarre. If anyone mm. doesn't know what it is, um, <laughs> go to YouTube and turn your safe switch off. It's, it's <laughs> terrifying, but really, really fascinating. So I sort of thought, how are those worlds going to combine? So I thought, well, she, she needs to go over to, you know, Kentucky, which is one of the one of the states uh, where snake handling's, you know, quite popular. And, yeah, so it sort of came together that way. So as far as the research with with that, did you do some snake handling yourself or did uh, you hang out yeah. with a few snakes? No, I absolutely <laughs> did not. Uh, I watched, I mean, I read a whole yeah. bunch of stuff first and then I would just spend whole afternoons watching, um, going down YouTube rabbit Black holes, <laughs> watching, yeah, kind of watching it. Um, I can't do it because it's, uh, this is, you know, you can't see me on this medium, but I'm kind of would recoil and, and cover my recoiling. eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. recoil. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I, the more I watched, the more I was, um, terrified, but also drawn to it. And, and it's a, it's a really fascinating world. Um, I won't, you know, bore you with the details, but basically they, they have a very literal translation of the Bible mm. and um, they take a couple of passages and, and build this whole religion around it and they worship snakes. And just recently someone got um, bitten for the 
you know, however many at the time and died because he refused, mm. you know, he refused treatment because if you are bitten, that's, that was God's choice. And if you die, that's God's choice also. So it's, mm. and that's so just such a crazy, on, fascinating world. Yeah. 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 So I think, um, that most of my research was around that. And then I did do a lot of, um, Kidnapping research, and I, I read a lot of. Um, <laughs> I, I did do a lot of kids. kidnapping. Yeah, 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 kidnapping yeah, research. They, I returned them all after a couple of days, and they were well fed. Uh, <laughs> but I did a lot of research about kidnaps because I also wanted to um, not go over stuff we've seen a million times, mm-hmm. and and it's it's tricky when you're writing um, and the a crime genre is because there's, there's certain things that kind of have to happen a crime happens and you report it and the police have to investigate so it's really it was a really a challenge finding um just other ways into that so Mm. i I read a lot of um victim statements and um yeah all that sort of stuff and just read about the you know the 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 crazy amount of Mm. real world insanity that, that, that this sort of stuff happens and um yeah. yeah, I did find that like it was really genuine emotions. Like like you said, when there's certain beats you have to follow, sometimes it can get a little bit repetitive reading crime books where the same types of things happen. But I found that you did really good at making the like the reactions from people quite genuine. Like as um, Kim starts to investigate this, like she she reacts genuine. Like she first of all she's like, well, this is ridiculous. I'm not even going to think about yeah. it. And then she has a bit of a talk about it and she does a bit of investigation, has a think about it. But like. You know, sometimes when you read crime books and you're like, just go to the police. But at this point, everything that she did was so believable and it was such a relief that I never felt like throwing the book across being like, just go to the police and everything will be fixed because it's never like that. Oh, thank you so much. It's great. And, you know, on that as well, like the, the you really sort of follow the characters. Like I felt it was really character driven and there's some beautiful, some beautiful sort of nuances with characters, like, you know, without sort of giving things away, but, you know, the wonderful sheriff, mm. um, you know, mm. you just kind of just, oh, at the end. And it was his story within the story is just it broke my heart. Yeah. Um, you know, he's beautiful, and you know, just just the characters. There's just beautiful nuances that mm. that were believable. Yeah, think, yeah. You know, oh, thank given- you. Yeah, thank you. I'm glad you say that because I have the same thing when I'm reading something and it, or watching a movie or TV, and if if someone does something that doesn't make sense, I I can't enjoy it for the yeah. you know. And yeah. it's just about um. And I think if you lean into that, it, it's it's tempting to lead lead away from it and let plot lead the characters because you want it to get to this certain place but mm. i think if you lean into the characters and let them you you kind of get to know them and, and you you know they would act they would respond in a certain way to a certain situation and mm. then let just let them do it go with it and it's um it's it's sort of it's an easier process that way and i'm glad yeah thank you i'm glad <laughs> you guys got that out of it yeah. <laughs> um and did, speaking of research did you end up going to america did you spend time there I, I not for this um but i've been to the states uh a, a bunch of times actually um most recently a few years ago uh i've been to kentucky once and actually this is kind of a there's a vague connection but mm. I, I went to um i was in kentucky with my sister used to live in the states and my whole family went over there and we took this uh tour this this griswold griswoldian tour <laughs> down um from uh pennsylvania all the way down to florida and back and up to canada and all this cool stuff wow. and on the way we um yeah stopped in kentucky and we went to this place called mammoth cave which is this huge system network of of caves um crazy they're mm. it's incredible so vast and and overwhelming anyway and we went on this yeah we, yeah, yeah it's all in the name yeah um and we went on this tour and halfway through the tour guide um 
turns out, you know, the, the path is guided by these little lights and halfway through the tour guide, we're in this chamber and he, and he has everyone to stand still and, okay, I'm going to switch the lights off. And so, and so in the middle of this cave and the darkness is so intense that you can't, you're holding your fingers in front of your face and you can't see it. And mm. it was just this, this was years ago. I think I was 16 or something. It's so long ago. But that feeling really really stuck to me stuck with me so and stuck to me um <laughs> so when i so when i you know brought the story to kentucky i really tried to infuse as much of mm. that into it and kentucky is also a really beautiful place it's it's really friendly and and really interesting um as a tourist as a visitor um but there's just a lot of darkness there and a lot of um mm. a lot of it i didn't explore but there's a lot of um uh, poverty and 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 drug and alcohol mm. issues and i touched on it but there's a lot more there that so yeah, yeah. I don't know if that again. I don't know if I'm answering your question. <laughs> no, <you're fine. laughs> um, uh, I was going to say as well. Um, I assume you've done some travel to Carlton as well because I did notice some familiar street names. Uh, yes, yeah, <laughs> I yeah, saw an yeah. Elgin <laughs> and I saw uh, what was the other one? Grattan. Uh, yeah, Grattan. I think maybe even Canning. Maybe even Faraday. Where we're on now. Oh, so yes, it's Canning. Right. It, was, yeah. it wasn't a street, but it was a place. And yeah, I was like, yeah. it was one of those times, like when you see a movie where they mention the tile, and I saw it, and I was like, I know what it's doing. Yeah, yeah, you can tell how unimaginative I am with street names because they're all from either Carlton or the Mornington Peninsula, where I, where I grew up. The, um, you know, I met the, the talked to a couple of people from Mornington recently who'd read it, and they were saying, oh, we recognised Benjamin yeah. Street and Comdale, and it's like, yeah, 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 a lot we of a lot of recycled. Yeah, and actually now I've recently moved to Ocean Grove. And in in the, the second book, which I'm working on now, the same thing. They're all they're all the same names. Although I've got to be careful because they have weird names up there, like um, Dolphin Avenue and really, you know, Surf Street and stuff like that. So, oh, I can't. No, no one will believe that name. You know, I can't pull this off in Kentucky. Can yeah. I? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, and what do you think it is about? So a lot of crime books at the moment are set in rural areas. Um, it's, you know, the, definitely the, the thing mm-hmm. that everyone's reading at the moment. What do you think that maybe rural areas are the, the fashion, so to speak? Yeah, it's a good question. I think because um, there's a couple of reasons. I, I think that they're so isolated. So they have their own little uh, microcosms, their own rules, their own um, their own kind of, uh, yeah, laws in a way you know mm. you, you know certain areas um and i also think that we're all familiar with that it all it taps mm. into something um nostalgic is the wrong word but i think everyone's had an experience with those sort of places yeah. and they 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 get somewhere deep in and you kind of you you feel um on edge yeah, you know yeah. i think i think Certainly that's have what... a sense of fear about moving to the country or you know yeah that, yeah. yeah there's yeah. sort of it's dark and there's less street lights and there's <laughs> it, yes. people know secrets yeah. that you don't and there's certain areas that oh you don't go in that area it's you know I, it's mm. yeah yeah it's really um i think that's why they're these they're these great little isolated worlds and i think it's also um appealing as a writer because you get to uh, make that little world. Just focus on that little world and and, and write all those rules yourself and come up mm. with all that stuff yourself. So I think that's probably why people are writing and also why people um, are reading. I know I love reading books with that setting, that remote, yeah, isolated. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. I also wanted to ask you, now you have a background as a screenwriter. So yes. Before, so this is your first novel. Yes. Um, how does how's that compare as far as sort of writing? You know, did you bring much of your screenwriting skills into the process of writing this novel? Yeah, that- I think definitely in the the planning stage, I, I, I structured um, 
uh, I, I sort of structured it like a film. Uh, it, it went it, a little differently, but I really followed quite a traditional um, three-act structure for the book yeah. when I was planning it. It went a little off the roads there. But I think also, um, you know, when you're screenwriting, you've got to... You've got to uh, show show rather than tell as mm, much as mm. you can. You're really relying on um, dialogue, but also just the, the expressions and visuals. And, yeah. and, and I actually think I have a lot more to learn still. I think I, yeah. I still bog it down. I think sometimes in places with too much detail. But I think um, that was certainly what I what I, I wanted it to feel like a movie. Um, yeah, originally, it, it does when you when you read it. You know, oh, good. it's really you know I can, I can see this as a film or a TV series. Or, oh, good. You know, it's got it's definitely got that feel to it. Yeah, I like to sort of just, just having just having scenes and and trying to get in, in and out as quickly as mm, possible and mm. not dwell on on you know certain things. And there's a lot a lot of things you learn when you're um, screenwriting that you little little tricks that you don't think about. So you don't need to see someone walk into a room for example and leave it you yeah, just they're yeah. in the room you know we we the reader can figure yeah, out yeah. how they got there <laughs> okay. you know so i think a lot of those little tricks i tried to bring as much of that mm. um as i could but it's also a, a completely different process it's a, it's a lot it's a bigger process mm. but it's much more rewarding process because you are making something that's um when you're writing a novel you're making something that that is going you're going to finish you know you're you're working on the whole thing and and it's collaborative um in this great sense you work with these great editors mm. and, and all this sort of stuff which is fantastic but it's all toward a whole a, a, a finished thing whereas when you're screenwriting you're um uh th- the most cynical way i've heard it put <laughs> is that we, a script is a document to get money you know mm. and i don't i think it's a very cynical way to look at it but it is you're part of a you're part of a, a machine a part of something else and there's a pleasure in that as well because um I've recently finished writing um, a film that is hopefully getting filmed this August and it's a fantastic feeling to just now palm it off onto the director <laughs> and I sort of dust my hands and like, oh, yeah. this is yeah. your problem you get, now. You I don't know how you're going to do that. <laughs> yeah, or, yeah, good yeah. luck with that scene where there's all this crazy <laughs> stuff happening. Uh, so, th- so, so there's good and bad to it, but I think mm. um, definitely it's a much more personal experience and your mm. it's it's your voice at the top of the piles versus... um. Screenwriting, where you're you're one voice of many, I think, mm. yeah, yeah, which has its own. You know, you you kind of you're putting your voice out there to everyone, and it, you know, it's about to come out. It's not out yet. So how are you fi- how are you feeling about that? You know, getting your novel out in the world, and and you know, just how it will be taken by people, and I, how it will. Yeah, you know. I'm pretty excited. Yeah, I'm. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm as ner- slightly less nervous as I as I am excited, mm. it seems like it comes out on um, in June twenty six, and it seems like uh, I don't know when this will will be released. But right now, when we're when we're recording, it feels like a long way away, but also mm. right around the corner. Fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's really um really really exciting. I, I was getting you know we sent out advanced copies, and we we're getting um reviews on Goodread, which I for a while I was obsessing over, and then I got um. A really brutal one, and I so I stopped. But that sort of made me think. Like it was kind of really good. It made me think. Oh man, just just step back. Yeah. You know, just let it let it it's happen and enjoy the good parts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that um, from the very beginning, I had a real idea about the sort of book I wanted to put out for 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 good and bad. I wanted mm. to be just. I just really wanted it to be entertaining and and. Um, I didn't want to sh- uh, shortchange the reader in the slightest. I wanted mm. just to, give, you know, you're giving me all this time. I want to give you some, you know, some really mm. good stuff. And um, for better or worse, and, and I and I think I've done that. So I'm just going to 
let it go and just yeah. ride the wave and and the momentum hopefully i'm just um i'm just it's just a, a crazy dream you know there's something you fantasize about and yeah. and up until this time last year it was still a fantasy yeah. you know and, and it, so it's pretty um it's pretty, pretty exciting. exciting yeah <laughs> it it is pretty exciting we're both like deb and i are both like aspiring writers as well so we're like partly we always in, bring this into the podcast i was trying to be real smooth very about well it done. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> like, nice segue. yeah publishers call us <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not really about you christian <laughs> <laughs> i'll love to take another, a break if you guys just want to <laughs> another one lured into our trap <laughs> um but what authors do inspire you to like you know what who, who were you reading before you wrote it? Or you know? um, so my my big one, and this is a, a kind of a, a cliche at this point, is um, Stephen King. I'm mm-hmm. a huge mm. Stephen King fan. Gillian um, uh, Flynn is another huge influence for this one in particular. Um, other other people I readers I'm obsessed with that may or probably played a, a, a small part in um, in in this book as well as uh, Haruki Murakami. Oh, I'm obsessed yeah. with him. Um, uh, Alex Garland, I really mm, like Alex uh, Garland. Kurt Vonnegut, um, mm. going way back. Chuck Palahniuk. Um, I've just, oh, no, I'm not. I'm not going to be able to remember a name, so I'm not going to bring it up. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so so all of those, the, the the big ones are Stephen King and, and really Gillian Flynn, which yeah. definitely I really tried to infuse as much of that into this. It's it's not yeah. a it's not a horror, but I wanted certain elements to feel yeah, quite scary and dark. Yeah, you get a dark. sense of that, and you do mention both of those authors in the novel. <laughs> yeah, I picked that. Up. Oh, good. Yeah, probably on page one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> you know, there definitely was a sense of horror, like with the especially when you get the woods involved. Like you know, they were very atmospheric and creepy mm. type of woods, mm. and like oh, and, you know, and yeah. snakes, snakes, I mean. oh. snakes. Yeah, yeah, guaranteed to, to. And that's going back to the rural thing. The mm. woods are the same. It just yeah. you don't have to really work for it. It's like here's some woods, and they're already scary. Yeah. You know, they're already <laughs> so mysterious true, yeah. it's, it's in our subconscious. Yeah, you know, yeah. so yeah, I think it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And um, with regarding cults as well, I feel like this is going to be a year for like, like it's the 40th anniversary since I think Jonestown, the the Jonestown. Yeah. Yeah. That was 1978. So I feel like that, and that's going to be later in the year and everyone's going to be talking about cults. And so, you know, I'm sure you weren't thinking about that when you wrote it, but like, you know, it's good timing. It's good timing. Yeah. Yeah. I do. I do think I I must've tapped into the zeitgeist or something because (laughs) all of a sudden there's cult stuff everywhere. Um, Yeah. Which is really, and they are terrifying things, but so, so interesting. Yeah. Yeah, great writing material for yeah. you know, fiction writers. You've really sort of tapped into that. Yeah, well. really good. Yeah, There's plenty yeah. of inspiration. Just choose one and, and mm. you could write a whole book about one. It's they're crazy. Yeah. I wasn't even actually sure until you said before that the Pentecostal snake handles were a real thing. Like, I'm mm. of Pentecostals, but like, I didn't know about this until you said that. I was like, oh, he's just made up the snake handles. <laughs> oh, they would do that. But yeah. No, no, no I wish. Really, I wish yeah. I was that creative, but no, it's. it's Fortunately and unfortunately, probably for the snakes, it, it is a very real, real thing. Yeah, a very small, small um, <laughs> practice, and I actually think it's dwindling. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's a real, it's a real thing. Because everyone keeps getting bitten by snakes. Yeah, probably. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Off, <laughs> I do feel a little sorry for the snakes in the book. I have to say. Yeah, well, the snakes are. I don't want to bring it down, but the snakes are really in in the real snake handlers. They they're. I mean, you can imagine the life they have from 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 hutch to mm. people's hands. It's just, they just it's insane, and they're um, uh, often underfed, and they live in the wild. They'll live um, maybe depending on the snake, but I think a rattlesnake. Um, this could be way off, but twelve or thirteen years or something. Mm. I did research it. It might even be in the book. Um, <laughs> but in there, uh, an old rattlesnake in their care is two years. Oh, you know, so yeah. it's a very stressful. Uh, which I. I 
if you are thinking about reading the book and worried about that, because I really worry about animal stuff. I'm reading a book at the minute, um, The Deep by Nick Cutter, and it is so, so good. But the animal stuff in it, it's the sort of animal torture and these... Mm. And I, I, have to, I have to stop. So, But there's no real graphic or, or... There's no horrible... You don't have to, you know, really read about a snake getting chopped up or anything like that. Yeah, so. no, it's, it's, it's like, like, <laughs> as it just long feels as it's slightly just people that are getting hurt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, but animals. Yeah. See, I go there. See, I've got a small child, so, like, <laughs> for me, this one, I was more concerned for Sammy. Oh, yeah. Like, like, as soon as any time something happened, I was like, but my baby, what if my baby was stolen? Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's, so, yeah, yeah. It's, it's awful, isn't mm. it? Yeah, I'm worried about... The, you know the snakes, but yeah, there are <laughs> there are little people that get kidnapped and stuff. So. <laughs> um, and so, what you know, what are you reading at the moment as well? Um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm I'm halfway through Nick Cutter's The Deep, which is really cool. Um, he wrote The Troop, which was uh, a few years ago. It came out. Um, he's a horror writer. He's mm-hmm. really really scary, god awful horror writer. Um, but I've also <laughs> just finished. Um, I read a lot of true crime and. I'm working my way back through all of Anne Rule's stuff. Oh, it's just, yeah. you know, amazing. Yeah. Um, so I've gone, I've sort of read her major ones and now I'm going through the other ones. And I just finished reading um, Practice to Deceive, which is about a murder that takes place on an island. And I, I drew a lot of inspiration for my next book from from that whole story. It's a really interesting story, oh, so I could not recommend. Is that why you moved down to the beach? It was a weird <laughs> coincidence, yeah. Uh, uh, the second book, without sort of giving too much away, it's set in, in a very quiet coastal town during the winter <laughs> in the off-season, and you I just happened to have moved. Yeah, yeah, so hopefully I don't manifest any um, any murder or death or, or, or anything like that, but we'll see. We'll, we'll see. know who did this it. This is going into evidence, isn't it, immediately yeah. after this? <laughs> um, and what about any TV shows you're watching I am watching, uh, well, The Handmaid's Tale, which is just coming uh, yeah. back on, which is, uh, I, I, every ep- at the end of every episode, I, I say to my wife, who loves it, I mean, I love it too, but at the end of every episode, I say, that's it, I'm not watching anymore. It's, <laughs> it's too bleak, but it's also so good. Um, so I've been watching that, and um, my f- probably one of my favourite shows of all time is Survivor, the reality show. So oh, that's between Handmaid's Tale and Survivor, <laughs> and Survivor. That's what I've been. Yeah, that's that's my weird, my weird life at the minute. I have all these, all these shows and movies uh, on Netflix on my watch list. All these really, these things that everyone says. Um, oh, have you watched this yet? Have you watched that? Mm. And I was like, oh, it's, I'm, I will. I promise, I will. <laughs> uh, but then I just watch Survivor instead. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, I was super excited because um, there's the the book Codename Villanelle came out last mm. year, early mm. recently. Let's go with recently. Yeah, I've forgotten. And there was a TV show Killing Eve has come out, which is based on that book. Oh. And every uh, I was just talking to my colleague Leon, and she was saying oh, she just watched right. the first episode and loved it to pieces. And then I bragged again about how the author of the book, you know, liked one of my tweets the other day. I was oh, like, don't, brilliant. Yeah, don't forget how amazing I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I know that I've just joined Twitter, and I know that feeling of right. someone i have 11 i have 11 if you're listening to this please <laughs> find me on twitter and follow because i'm, right. I'm, I'm we'll be 12 after this yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> crossed, yeah. yeah because it's uh, you, and you get this this little like oh fantastic and that's not even from famous authors that's just from mm. you know my mom Random so yeah are you watching at the moment deb I'm watching nothing. <laughs> no, I finally caught up on Game of Thrones last season, oh, so I have 
caught up on that. Um, And I'm still slowly catching up with Mad Men. So that's how behind Mm. we are, really. I was really Really late to Mad Men. Uh, I resisted it. And then Mm. I watched the whole thing last year and... Was telling everyone, "Have you watched Mad Men? It's amazing." Yeah, was, yeah we yeah, watched it. Was years it. Ago. Yeah, yeah, catch up. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're really slack with television, but we'll get there. We'll yeah. get there. Um, is there anything else you'd like to say to you know the readers and listeners out there before we wrap up today? Um, I just hope you enjoy the book. I hope you you get the book and you enjoy it, and uh, let me know. Um, yeah, check out my website, which is christian-white.com and yeah Twitter. find me on please find me on Twitter because it's a pathetic <laughs> amount of followers and just yeah reach out I'd, I'd love to hear even if you hate it I, I would love to, <laughs> to hear a gentle you tell me very gently <laughs> that you, sandwich, yeah, like. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly I'm sure you do other things really well but I didn't you didn't really um, but yeah I'd, I'd love to hear from you and I, and I really hope you um, enjoy it and, yeah, yeah what is your Twitter handle it's I think it's C White Author C white. C white author. author. Yeah, it's a really um C white author. Yes, it is for sure. Well, you have been listening to Christian White discuss his excellent thriller, The Nowhere Child, which is available from all reading stores except probably not the kids' store, <laughs> let's face it, from late June. And you can stream previous episodes of the Readings Podcast on our website, readings.com.au, where you'll also find news, reviews, and interviews and information on our current book, music, and DVD releases. You can even sign up to our newsletter, The Readings Monthly. Thanks for listening. Listening and thanks, Deb. And thanks, Christian. Thank thanks, you so much Fiona. for having me. Yay. Thanks, guys. Thank you.